What's up everyone? Good morning and welcome to our Water's Edge online Sunday morning worship experience. Once again, thank you so very much for hanging out with us today and tuning in. For those of you that continue to like and share these online worship experiences with your circle of influence, thank you so very much for doing that. Continue to do that. And for those of you that continue to worship with us through generosity by giving online and meeting our new $10 challenge, thank you so very much for helping us out to love the city, help the city, serve the city, to love more people, help more people, and feed more people, and serve more people. Thank you so, so very much for your generosity. You allow us to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. So continue to do that. Today we continue with our current series, and this series is called Heart to Heart. And over the past few weeks and today, this is what we've been doing. I just want to share some of the most important lessons with you that I've ever learned in my life and some of the most important passions of my heart. Passions of my heart for you and your life. Passions of my heart for me and my life. Passions of my heart for our church. And passions of my heart for our community and for our city. And so today we move on with part four. Last week I talked to you about my favorite Bible story ever. My favorite Jesus story ever about Jesus and Matthew the tax collector. But today I want to talk to you about the greatest lesson that I've ever learned in this life. The greatest faith lesson that I've ever learned. The greatest spiritual lesson that I've ever learned. The greatest mental and emotional lesson that I've ever learned in this life. The greatest leadership lesson that I've ever learned in this life. And the greatest character lesson that I've ever learned in this life. Now, we've all heard our entire lives, we've all heard this about God, that God is love that God's on his throne, that God's in control, that God has all strength and that God has all power and that God is for us and that God is not against us. But sometimes believing in that is very hard to do because sometimes life just doesn't make sense. And sometimes life is very, very, very confusing. And sometimes life is very, very difficult. And sometimes those difficulties just strike you out of nowhere. And at times believing in God, that God loves us, that God is for us, that God has all strength and all power and all love and all knowledge, sometimes that makes our heartache and our pain that much more difficult to understand and that much more complex to understand. Because if God is love and if God is for me, that must mean that God cares about me. And if God has all knowledge, if God knows everything and God has all power, he knows everything from the past, from the present, from the future. He knows all possibilities. Then he can do what he wants. And so if all of that is true about God, then why did this happen? If all of that is true about God, if God is for me and God loves me and God's not against me and God cares about me and God knows everything that has happened, that is happening, that will happen, that God has all strength and all power and all knowledge and God can do what he wants, then why did this happen? Why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my family? Why did this happen to my faith? Why did this happen to my health? Why did this happen to my finances? Why did this happen to my life? If God is love, if God is in control, if God is for me, then why didn't he stop this? Or why didn't he prevent this in the first place? Why didn't he stop this from happening in the first place if all of that is true about God? What do you do when life doesn't make sense? 
And we don't have any answers. Today, that's the question that I want us to wrestle with in our soul. That's the mystery that I want us to wrestle with in our heart and in our spirits. What do you do when life doesn't make sense and we simply just don't have any answers? So I was born in 1975. Which means, as a kid, I was growing up in the 1980s and the 1990s. We didn't have online, we didn't have internet, we didn't have fancy computers, we didn't have fancy video games, we didn't have streaming movies, we didn't have food delivered to our house by waiter, we didn't have iTunes, we didn't have apps, we didn't have app stores, we didn't have anything like that. But we did have outside. And many times our parents would tell us when we were kids, Go outside and play. And so we would go outside and we would play. We would play superheroes. We would play hide and go seek. And we would play sports. We would play football. We would play baseball. We would play basketball. So when I was growing up as a kid, me and my friends loved basketball. And we would love to go outside and play basketball. And we would always, every single evening, every single day in the summer, and every single weekend during the school year, we would go outside and we would find a basketball court, whether it was a dirt court with a goal, whether it was a basketball goal in someone's driveway, whether it was at a church gym or a school gym, if we had a basketball goal and a basketball and a place to play, we were outside and we were playing basketball. So needless to say for me, as a kid growing up, basketball was related to happiness. Basketball was related to joy. Basketball was related to me and my friends and our relationships and having something to do and something that I loved. And so naturally, I played played basketball in school and all throughout junior high school I played basketball and I couldn't wait to get into high school so I could play high school basketball that was just the most exciting thing to me and the moment I entered high school my freshman year we got a brand new basketball coach and man he was hardcore and his practices were hardcore. They were like boot camp. In the preseason, he made us run cross country and during the regular season, he made us run even more. We ran suicides on the basketball court. We ran suicides on the football field. We ran up bleachers. We ran down bleachers. We hopped up bleachers with two feet. We hopped down bleachers with two feet. We hopped up the bleachers on one leg. We hopped down the bleachers on one leg. He made us run until we would almost throw up, man. So needless to say, I still loved basketball, but I hated practice. We all hated practice. We loved playing the game, but we hated how brutal practice was. That brutal practice that made us stronger for the game. We loved the game, but we hated practice. And I could actually remember because practices were so brutal that many times my teammates would get happy if they got injured so they could sit out of practice for a few weeks. The injuries were less brutal than some of the practices. And I remember one time during practice, I was coming down for a rebound. I landed on someone else's foot and I slightly hyperextended my knee and blew out my ankle. And my first thought was this, yes, I can sit out of practice for a few weeks and I don't have to run so many suicides and I don't have to run around the track and hop so many bleachers. And so I, this is what I thought. Practice was so brutal that I was just a little bit happy to use that injury as an excuse to sit out. And I think sometimes that we do that in life. We sit out on life. And I think sometimes we do that in our faith and in our walk with God and in our relationship with Jesus Christ. We sit out. Something happens to us. 
something confusing, something painful, something that produces fear and anxiety, something devastating, something heartbreaking. At times, life is brutal. At times, life is crushing. At times, life is scary. At times, life is full of sadness and anguish. And sometimes you and I get injured. Our happiness gets injured. Our joy gets injured. Our heart gets injured. Our relationships get injured. Our resolve, our hope, and our faith gets injured. And many times, so many people use that injury as an excuse to sit out. We were serving God. We were seeking God. We were involved at church. We were close to Jesus. We were loving people. But we use that trial and that heartache and that pain as an, and that injury as an excuse to start to sit out, to drift away from God, to sit out on the faith, to sit out on God, and sometimes to sit out on life. And those injuries produce questions. And many times we use those questions as more excuses to sit out and give up. Questions like this, if God is love, if God is in control, if God is really for me, then why did this happen? If God is love, if God has all power, then how could this happen? And if God has all power and God has all love, why didn't he stop this? Or why didn't he step in and prevent this? We're hurt, we're injured, we have questions, we have pain, and sometimes we use those questions and that pain as an excuse to walk away and to sit out, to start sitting out on God, to sit out on faith, and to sit out on life. And have you ever thought about this and notice this today, if you're still with me, Sam's still with you. If God is so loving and powerful, then why doesn't he stop or prevent suffering in this world? Now, most of the time growing up in church, when we would have a question like that, normally we would get this answer. Well, Jesus just uses all those trials. God just uses all those trials in your life to make you more like his son, Jesus. And that's real easy to say. When you've never been the one who's been through something crushing and devastating and confusing and that heartache and that pain, obviously some of the problems that we have in our life, we cause those problems, but sometimes our pain, sometimes our devastation, sometimes our heartache just hits us out of nowhere. What do you do then when innocent people hurt and suffer? Like the young man that I knew who was just 30 years old at the first church that I pastored and he got cancer. He had an amazing wife and two young, beautiful children. And the moment he found out he got cancer, he started to get sick and we buried him two months later. Why would that happen? Why would that happen to him? his wife, his two children. Why would that happen? Or about or some of my friends who's, who were a young couple and, and they were pregnant and they were expecting to have their first child and they were flying to South Korea to do some mission work and she had a miscarriage on the plane on the way to South Korea and they found out when they landed that their baby had died. Why do things like this happen? Or some friends of mine that I know who had twins and one of the twins when it was around three years old wandered outside and fell into the neighbor's pool and lost its life. Life. Why do things like this happen? I've often wondered if God is love, if God knows everything, if God has all power, if God can stop suffering, especially when innocent people are hurting, then why doesn't he? In the book of Isaiah, it says that no one can teach God because God has all wisdom. In Psalms 147, it says that God is powerful and mighty and his knowledge has no limits. In the book of Jeremiah, it says that nothing is too 
difficult for God. And then Jesus says that God has all authority and God has given Jesus all authority. And then Peter told Jesus, Lord, you know everything. I've had so many people ask me, and we've thought about this too. If God knows everything, if God is love, if God has all power, if God has all power then he can stop this. He can prevent some of the innocent suffering and pain in this life. Then why doesn't he if God is that good? And that question becomes so much more personal and real when it's you who has devastation, when it's you who has heartache, and when it's you who has pain or someone that you love. Now, we all know that there's the human factor. We all have free will. And sometimes you and I do things that hurt other people. And sometimes other people do things that hurt us. And God's not going to stop our free will or take our choices or our free will away from us. Sometimes other people have done things that have hurt you and you've had to suffer because of what they've done. But sometimes you have hurt people and sometimes I have hurt people and God didn't stop us or force us not to do those things. He convicted us and he warned us, but we didn't listen. But that's not what I'm talking about today. This is what I'm asking. What about when you don't cause the pain? What about when you don't cause the heartache? What about when you don't cause the devastation? So let's just be honest and notice this today. If you're still with me, Sam's still with you. When we do suffer, sometimes we use this question, why didn't God step in as an excuse for us to step out? We are hurt. We are injured. We are confused. We are devastated and we drift away from Jesus and sometimes we give up on life. And so today I want us to talk about responding to this mystery in a different way and in a better way. Because to be honest with you, I don't think we're ever going to figure this out. I don't think we're ever going to resolve this mystery in our soul. I don't think we're ever going to resolve this question in our hearts that if God is love and God loves us and he cares for us and he's for us and he's not against us and he has all strength and he has all power and he has all knowledge, then why does still innocent people hurt and suffer? I don't think we're ever going to figure that out. But the next thought is this, and notice this today, the way we respond to our heartache and pain determines how well we're going to recover from it. If you want to recover from heartache well, if you want to recover from devastation and pain well, then you have to respond well to it. So the question is this, how do we respond when God's control and our circumstances just don't make sense? Notice how Paul puts it in Romans chapter 5, starting in verse 1. Therefore, since we've been made right in the sight, right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Jesus Christ, this is what he did for us. He suffered on the cross, verse 2. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege where we now stand and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Our faith in Jesus has given us a relationship with God and none of us has ever deserved this relationship with God, but he gave it to us by his grace and mercy anyway. Verse 3, we can rejoice too when we run into problems. We can rejoice too when we run into trials. Jesus ran into the cross because he loved us. We can rejoice too when we run into problems, trials, and suffering for we know that they help us develop endurance. We know that the practice gets us ready for the game. We know these trials help us develop endurance. Verse 4, and endurance develops strength of character and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. No 
notice how Paul says it, that even when we have a strong faith in God, even when we have a strong relationship with Jesus, sometimes we still run into heartache. Sometimes we still run into trials, run into problems, run into suffering and run into pain. Look at verse five. But understand something. If you respond well, then you can recover well. Look at verse five. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So how do we know that God loves us? Because he's taken away all of our heartache, because he's taken away all of our pain, because he's taken away all of our trials, our suffering, our questions and our problems. No, that's not how we know that Jesus loves us. We know that God loves us because he's given us his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit of Jesus fills our heart and our soul and our life with love. The Holy Spirit fills our heart with love for Jesus. The Holy Spirit fills our heart with love for God, with love for serving God. The Holy Spirit fills our heart with love for people, with love for the innocent, with love for the marginalized, with love for the hurting. And the Holy Spirit fills our heart with love for hope. Look at verse six. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. And that death that he died was brutal and it was painful and it was the ultimate act of love and suffering for me and for you. And so this is what I think Paul is getting at when our life doesn't make sense, when our circumstances and the love of God just don't seem to line up and make sense. And notice this today. If you're still with me, say I'm still with you. Suffering is not a sign that God has left you. Suffering is an invitation to know what Jesus went through for you. It's not a sign that Jesus is far away from you. When you go through difficult times, when you go through tough times, when you go through hard times, it's not a sign that Jesus is far away from you. It's actually a call to recognize how close he is to you and to recognize what all he went through for you. Philippians chapter 3 verse 10. Notice this today, one of my favorite verses. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. So Paul says this, I want to know God. And don't we all, we all want to know Jesus and his power, the power that raised him from the dead. I want to know that power in my life, in my faith, in my circumstances, in my heart and in my soul. But he also says, if you want to know God in that way, then you have to know Jesus in a deeper way and that sharing with him in suffering. So real quick, let me just give you three things not to do. Three things not to do when your suffering just doesn't make sense so we can know Jesus in a deeper way. The first thing is this, and notice this, number one, don't try to control it. You can't control everything that happens to you in this life. Sometimes you need to take your pain, place it into that basket, and put that basket into the river and just take your hands off of it. And trust God, let that basket float down the river like baby Moses and let the daughter of Pharaoh find it. Put your pain in that basket, put your future in that basket, put your doubts in that basket, put your heartache in that basket, put your questions in that basket, put it in the river, take your hands off and trust God. You can't fix it, you can't stop it, you can't control it. The only thing you can do is wait for the outcome. And once you, once you experience the outcome with endurance, character and hope, 
Go forward. The second thing is this. Don't try to ignore it. If you ignore your, your electric bill, do they just leave your electricity on? If you ignore your phone bill or your water bill, do they just leave your phone on or your water on? No. If you ignore the bill, it's just going to make the outcome worse. And in the same way in this life, don't ignore your struggles. Don't ignore your problems. Don't ignore your pain. Don't ignore your patterns. Don't ignore your suffering. That's not going to make it go away. That's just going to delay how you respond well and recover well from the outcome. Don't ignore it or it's going to delay how you respond and recover from the outcome. Face it and deal with it so you can go forward with endurance, character and hope. And then number three, don't try to explain it. It never fails. Most of the time when people go through something very difficult in life and then they come talk to me to talk about it and process it and pray about it, they'll say something like this. Well, I wouldn't have went through that if I didn't do this in my life. And this would have never happened to me if I wouldn't have done that in my life. Listen to me. Everyone pay attention right now. Not everything that happens to you in this life happens to you because you deserve it. Not everything that happens to you in this life that's difficult and challenging happens to you because God thinks you deserve it. Stop thinking like that about your life and stop thinking like that about God. Not all the fear in your life, not all the pain in your life, not all the heartache in your life, not all the confusion in your life, not all the suffering in your life happens to you because you think you did something that made you deserve it. Sometimes in life we just run into pain, heartache, confusion, and trouble. And all of this is actually a sign, not that God has left you, but that Jesus is calling you to know him in a deeper way. We all want to know Jesus today. We all want to know the power of God and the power of his resurrection in our life, in our prayers, in our mind, and in our worship. But sometimes we have to go through difficult times, heartache, confusing times, and suffering, because that's a greater invitation to know Jesus in a greater way, to fellowship with him in his suffering, to understand what he went through for us and how much he loves us and how he's going to be with us every single step of the way. Because he loves us, he has given us his Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit fills us with love, love for passion, love for faith, love for making a difference, love for purpose and love for reaching out to hurting people. Thank you so very much for hanging out with us today. Thank you so very very much for tuning in. We cannot wait to see you back next week and stay tuned. Continue to hang in there with us today for the amazing Water's Edge Band and an amazing time of worship. We love you all.